Welcome everybody to Rosa Sharon's Monday Main Point. Glad to have you here. This is our first installment of this podcast where we will be taking a look at the Sunday morning sermon um, and looking a little bit deeper into that, looking at historical perspectives, spiritual insights, and other details that maybe we didn't get a chance to get into because of time constraints on Sunday morning. This is actually the kind of thing that we do on a regular basis anyway, and we thought we would kind of pull back the curtain and invite you in uh, to join with us. So glad to offer this podcast. Of course, all the Rosa Sharon Baptist Church pastoral staff is here. I'm here, Jeremiah's here, Blake's here, and Jeff, of course, is here as well. Jeff actually was the one who preached the message this past Sunday on Jonah. Uh, This one came from Jonah and all about, is it right to be angry? Um, especially with God and with unbelievers. And so we're going to just jump right in this morning. This will be a quick, um, we're going to try to keep this as close as we can to a half hour or less and uh, kind of focus more on application than we will on other things. But we'll just kind of go where the Spirit leads us this morning. So we're glad you joined us. All right, so um, let's start off with just a little bit of uh, uh, background in case you missed the message. Um, The outline of Jonah is pretty simple think. Uh, you guys can jump in anytime. Um, but the way I see the outline of Jonah kind of goes, God calls Jonah, Jonah's prophet in the northern part of the kingdom of Israel. God calls Jonah. Jonah uh, disobeys, doesn't go where God wants him to go, goes the opposite direction. Um, he's on a boat, um, and while he's on the boat, there's a storm that comes. Uh, he convinces the sailors of on, that, on board that vessel to throw him into the sea. They do so, and the sea calms, and the sailors recognize God and worship him. Then God prepares a fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah is in the belly of the fish for three days. Um, and while in the belly of the fish, he prays to God. Uh, God um, uh, he basically repents. God has the fish vomit Jonah up <laughs> close to Nineveh, apparently. And then Jonah goes to Nineveh his enemy, the home of his enemy, the Assyrians, and preaches a simple eight-word message, (laughs) the shortest sermon maybe ever recorded in in Scripture. Uh, Basically, in 40 days, you will be destroyed. That's it. And when he goes there, does that, and Nineveh responds. And they they respond, and they repent. And then that brings us to chapter 4, which is what the focus of the message was this Sunday. Um, You would think that, uh, somebody who preached that short of a sermon and got that kind of results would be like, yes, sir, uh, God is good. And instead, Jonah is very upset. He's angry with God. He goes off on a sulk, builds a little shelter for himself yeah. and from the sun. And uh, uh, God, uh, God actually causes a plant to grow up over Jonah. And um, Jonah's happy. He's grateful that there's a little plant giving him shade. And... Um, then God prepares a worm to eat the plant. Jonah's mad because God also brings a big, uh, you know, brings the sun to bear down on Jonah. He's even more angry because he's sitting there waiting. He's up above Nineveh waiting for God to judge Nineveh and just wipe Nineveh off the planet. God's not going to do it. And Jonah is angry. And, and, and in many ways, we never find out what happens with Jonah. We don't, we don't know because the Bible doesn't tell us there. We just know that God basically says, look, uh, you're angry at, at um, something you have no control over. You didn't make that plant. You didn't make the plant. I made the plant, and now you're angry because it's gone. 
Um, and in the same way, why can't I be, um, why can't I uh, care about this, this, these group of people, this 120,000 or more, we can talk about that actually, yeah. 120,000 or more people um, who um, I created, I care about. And, and you know, if, if you cared about the plan you didn't create, I created this and I care about it. And so, um, and so we see this message of really, I think, compassion and mercy. But the real focus that we want to bring to this is the focus I think you brought to it, Jeff, is that that of anger. Um, Jonah is, is clearly angry with God, and, and he's also angry with his enemies. And uh, we can start with that. Um, yeah, I like, I like where uh, Jeff started yesterday with his message. Um, we watched a video, kind of a humorous, entertaining video. Uh, I found it funny. And then uh, the video just kind of ended on this happy note where there's like fireworks, which is <laughs> it's funny, but there's fireworks going off and everyone's happy. And, and Jeff made the point, and he's right. That's where the children's story ends, is, is Jonah chapter 3, the end of Jonah 3, on like a happy note. But the Bible doesn't end there. There's this whole other chapter um, in Jonah chapter 4 where there's this dialogue between uh, Jonah and God. And it might be the most practical uh, book for us uh, as Christians on, on just how we respond to God and His message and um not many of us are going to be swallowed by fish and spit on. Uh, we're probably not even going to be on a boat. I can't remember the last time I've been on a boat. So like that part of the, the, the cool like kid story, it's awesome to tell. And, and of course, Jesus relates it to him and his resurrection. But uh, I think Jonah 4 has the most practicality for us um, uh, as Christians, as believers. What do you all think? No, I think I think you're right, and and um, we can talk about this, Blake. I, I think that uh, that uh, when you're looking at uh, the whole point of doing uh, Echoes from Exile, this this uh, prophetic words for troubled times, is to try and find, okay, where does the these minor prophets' messages sort of align with where we are today? And um, I think you were right to say that if you're looking at Jonah, certainly this idea of anger um, seems to be pervasive. Uh, in in our country today, I, I know I, um, you know I, I would I would agree with that. What do you think, Blake? Yeah, and uh, being in an election year definitely doesn't make it any better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, we don't even have to get into that. Yeah, You're exactly because right. uh, and especially I guess staying with that kind of theme, you see a lot of people just want their like Jeff said yesterday. They want both of their enemies. They want to see them like zapped. And there's already this preconceived notion that God's going to like zap enemies when technically Scripture says we're all enemies of God. Mm. And so it, uh, that's such an important point, man. Yeah. I love that. That that that's it. And then I thought about the same thing, right? Like we're all enemies of God. So whatever we wish for somebody else, we should, you know, we got to realize that we're, you know, we're we're deserving of the same. Yeah, and um, it kind of reminds me of that uh that song of everyone needs compassion. Mm-hmm. Uh, love that's never failing, and right. I think that uh, that would have been that definitely would have been applicable to Jonah, especially with the Ninevites. Yeah, and so I think, like you said, there's a lot of practicality in Jonah chapter four here. Yeah, to talk about um, enemies and and how because um, Nineveh is is the capital city of Jonah's enemy, and and, and I'm, I was trying to relate this Jeff to. To our enemies today, like if we're looking at okay, who are our real enemies? I mean, you know, 
we could get political here and say, well, my enemy is the person who disagrees with me on political ideologies. But I think in reality, we, none of us would go that well, maybe some would. <laughs> some some might actually say that. But I'm trying to think of enemies that we would want to see get have justice enacted on them. Right? Well, I mean, if you if you take like this whole virus thing, I mean, everybody's pointing the finger to China. And so you mentioned the, China. The, the natural thing would yeah. be, well, why don't God just like destroy China, um, or? Why don't we pray that God destroys China? Or why don't we get an army and go destroy China for bringing this upon us? Yeah. And so, um, but actually what God's response would be, I need to raise up people to go to China to, to you know proclaim the gospel. Or if there's Chinese people here in America, I need to befriend them, not treat them like an enemy so I can actually have an open door for the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I think when when I look at Jonah, it's even it's even more so though because Jonah is truly afraid. Like what he's doing is he sees it, if I go and I take this message of repentance to Nineveh, then I am weaponizing. I'm actually weaponizing a country to to you know to destroy my own people in some ways because if God wipes them out, they're no longer a threat. And uh, we were talking about this prior to recording, but um, the only other time Jonah is mentioned is over in, that I know of. Well, outside of the New Testament, in the right. Old Testament, the only <clears throat> excuse me, the only other time Jonah is mentioned is in Second Kings fourteen twenty five, and there um, he gives a prophecy um, in regards to Israel's king Jeroboam, and it says um, it was he it, talking about Jeroboam. It was he who restored Israel's border from Lebo Hamath as far as the Sea of the of the Arabah, according to the word of the Lord, the God of Israel had spoken through his servant, the prophet Jonah, son of Amittai from Geth Hefer. Just in case you weren't sure if it's right, it's the same Jonah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so this same Jonah had prophesied that Jeroboam would extend Israel's boundaries, and now God's saying, "I want you to go to Israel's enemy and make sure that the, you know that." The, and tell them I'm going to destroy them. And Jonah, Jonah tells us the whole reason why he doesn't want to do it is because he knows that if he if he takes this message, there's a chance that they'll repent. And if they do, God won't destroy them. Mm-hmm. And he wants God to destroy them. If I keep, you know, silence is my is my friend here. So if I keep quiet, they don't even have a chance to repent. And God will get rid of them. And then the stuff about Jeroboam's not going to have any issues get doing this other thing that I've prophesied that he's going to do, um, and my people will, will will flourish. But if I go and I tell them this, then there's a possibility they repent and God won't God won't destroy them. And if God doesn't destroy them, they may in turn destroy my people. And so there's a real conflict there, I think. And I think that's one of the things that causes him not to want to go. And then it's the very thing that causes him to be angry with God. In fact, we might say. Do you think, I'll just pitch this out to you guys. Do you think there's an issue here where Jonah sees God as, as breaking covenant with Israel? Like, I thought, I thought, God, that you were in favor of Israel, that you're going you're gonna to take care of Israel, but now you're not doing that. You're helping Israel's enemies instead. Instead of, instead of being the one to protect us, how can we even trust you to keep your promises? I'm wondering if, if that might have been something that Jonah would have wrestled with. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I um, 
you know me. I, I see a correlation there to um, Israel and Jonah kind of against Nineveh and the Gentiles. And Jeff mentioned that today. And I was just writing down, uh, I really see a correlation between this story and what Jesus deals with in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. It seems like the people who who we, as like the viewers, like on the outside and kind of the people around Jesus, the Israelites and the, and the religious folk, to them, it seems like the the ones with the softest hearts to Jesus' message were the most unlikely people. Yeah. And that, I, I think, how does that, it's one thing to say that, but how does that apply to us? Do mm. we do the same thing? Do we only take the message to those that we think are going to respond positively or mm. those that we want to respond positively? Or are we taking the message to, to everyone uh, e- even those that we think are the least likely to respond, if that makes sense. No, it does make sense. I think there's probably a good contingent of people who would be like, well, there's no sense in taking the message to like the Muslims or to or or to take them to you know ISIS. Why why would we take the message to ISIS? Because you know they're probably just going to kill us anyway, and they're evil people. Yeah. Um, they're not going to listen to a message of Christianity. They think we're all infidels, and so why take it to them? Uh, why take this message of grace and hope to them? They're not going to listen to it, right? Mm-hmm. And and you're right to some degree. It's the it, the New Testament tells us just the opposite. It's almost always the, the 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 ones who are least likely are the ones who actually are the ones who respond. Yeah, and like if you take Paul, I mean, going back to the whole like ISIS thing, I mean, he was technically you could call him a terrorist against uh, people of the way, which is what they would have called Christianity back in that time, and he was. I mean, these people were terrified when they found out that Saul was coming back because they thought they were going to kill him, but he was actually saved and was trying to be a brother in Christ. Too. Yeah, yeah. You look like you had something you were going to jump in to say. Well, I mean, the, the, the cool thing about, you know, this study that we're doing, it, it forces you to kind of like take these stories, whereas before we just take, take the story of Jonah, like the VBS story or right. the Sunday school story. But now you're forced to kind of like see how everything's kind of interconnected, but not just what was going on then, but also then future to look back and say, okay, how did God prepare the way for people to, to this, this, because the, the whole point when you, when you talk about Abraham was the, the blessing was supposed to be a universal worldwide blessing where God right. was going to bring yeah. all nations into himself. Yeah. And so Jonah was political. He was, uh, you know, they were all radical uh, zealots over their country, you know, um, all these things that, was important for them that 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 I'm gonna go now try to save my enemy who's gonna turn around and come back and then destroy my country, you know. And and Jonah starts with the the first verses is now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. And this is the only book in the Bible where it starts with the word of the Lord. The mm-hmm. word of the Lord is mentioned and you're gonna see when we get into all these other minor prophets, they they have the word of the Lord, thus saith the Lord over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Here it's like it starts with this is God's plan, right? Not your plan, Jonah, right? But this is my plan, yeah. And that's what it's all about. And so sometimes, in our minds, we know God wants to save the world, but in our hearts, we want to protect ourselves or our interest over and above getting the gospel out to people that need it. I, I, I love that. I, I, you, you, there was a quote, and I'm going to mess it up. There's a quote in your message yesterday that really resonated with me. And it was the one, basically, and, it, and it's where I think this really rubber hits road here, Jeff, is that it is something like, um, something about like, 
Jonah's, I'm going to paraphrase it, but Jonah's plans or his his political plans were replaced by God's program of forgiveness. Oh, yeah. Right? And, and, and I think for us sometimes we get upset when our plans, our political ideologies don't line up don't don't come about and and either don't line up or don't or 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 God doesn't endorse them God doesn't endorse our can or seem to endorse our candidate God doesn't seem to endorse our particular political ideologies and what God does endorse though is this program of forgiveness and compassion and you're exactly right we get mad when um Oh yeah, that was from the message. It was oh, that's what it was. It was it was the message translation. Yeah, read, goes, read, read that uh, again because I really liked it. All right, so Jonah was furious. He lost his temper. He yelled at God. God, I knew it when I was back home. I knew I, this was going to happen. That's why I ran off to Tarshish. I knew you were sheer grace and mercy, not easily angered, rich in love, and ready at the drop of the hat to turn your plans of punishment into a program of forgiveness. That's it. Plans of God, if you won't kill them, kill me. I'm better off dead. And that's when he says, what do you have to be angry about? And then he left and went and sat down on the east side of the city and sulked. Turning your plans of punishment into yeah, a thought, program of Yeah, when I read that, I was like, oh, man. It's like, because that's me. I mean, I have plans of punishment. I mean, if I was God, <laughs> I'm telling you, this would be a different world. But there would probably be a lot, lot more people that, or spending eternity without God because of my plans of punishment. Mm. Where there's the program for forgiveness is like, okay, I'm being persecuted or this person doesn't agree with me or, you know, how can I still build build a bridge with them where I can still present the gospel um, so I can get out of this debate mode with them. With them? So that's kind of where we're at. And I think this whole time out that we're taking as a church, talking about the whole church, and Christians is to kind of get into God's word and then reimagine then what is this plan of program of forgiveness, right? And get out of the whole plan of punishment that we've been under because we, you know, this it's part of our nature to say God's going to bring condemnation on America. He's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah because of San Francisco and you know all the things we say. <laughs> That are no, red, no, you're right. That, you're... That, it's almost like we want God to punish us, to punish our country, so we can sit back and say, see, I told you, right. which is kind of what jo- Jonah was doing on the hill. Yeah. He says, okay, God, I know you're going to forgive him, but still you're going to zap him, right? You're right. He's still waiting. Yeah. He expects God to like, punish him. <laughs> like, it's why he's camped out up there. Okay, okay, we, we are going to continue with this, right? So, so yeah, so he did, then he didn't see the people anymore as people. He saw them as an enemy mm-hmm. to be attacked and to be destroyed. Yeah. And then now in our political realm, <sighs> we don't point. really see people as people. We see them, we as, see them as interest groups or, yeah. you, know, you know, and then we put them in these categories where we're now all of a sudden... My goal is I really don't want to even associate with you, much less tell you about the gospel. I really want you to just go away. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. No, I, I mean, that's so good because I think you're right. I think what happens what happens in the culture we live in today is people get painted with those broad brush strokes. And so you're right. You just group them together. You forget that they're individuals in need of forgiveness. Mm. You forget that they're individuals in need of God's mercy and compassion. You forget that they're an individual that Christ died for. And you just see them as liberal or Republican or, you know, you, you know, 
you name the group, or, or ISIS. You just, you just group them into these groups that you'd rather see go away. You're right. I just want to see them go away. Not necessarily, God, you don't have to destroy them, but just make them go away. Get them out of the way so that God, you're, and then we, then we, then we associate and we say, so that God, your plan can happen. And your plan is my plan. So, yeah. so that your plan can happen. And your plan is always my plan. And God all the time is saying, "No, my plan is forgiveness and compassion." Yeah. Um, I mean, we don't we don't like people to to judge, prejudge us or take us the wrong way either. Mm-hmm. You know, we we want to have a a, a a place at the table where we can have a conversation with somebody and sure. agree to disagree, yeah. but at least be respectful. Yeah, no. And um, so so the big challenge for us as Christians is let's let's not do the same thing to people. What we want done to us and we're gonna we got to remember that our job is to present the gospel it's not our job to the results are left up to god yeah and unfortunately and jonah and fortunately for jonah i mean the whole city repented Mm -hmm. but unfortunately for our time it's pockets of of people that respond to god yeah Uh, we don't have this mass repentance um taking place yeah Right now, because I think maybe we intertwined some of our um, beliefs and politics and all that. Maybe it all kind of got intertwined that now it's the church is better off if the church is separated from politics. Yeah. And the church then can speak to power and speak to um, justice issues and things like that. Right. And so, um, so in America, the problem is if we continue to look at each other's our arch enemies. Instead of looking at each other as, hey, we're people. It's like when I talked about, uh, I had a quote about um, Nineveh, uh, you know, being a city that was made up of people, you know, with husbands and wives, and they had jobs, and some of them were in the army, some of them weren't. And a lot of them didn't want to go ahead with what their, belief, their, their leaders were doing. Sure. But they had no choice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like, you know, um, um, when you look at the whole world stage, um, when we fight wars and all, I mean, innocent people do get destroyed yeah. and, and maimed and hurt and harmed. But our intent is not to go in and destroy everybody. In fact, you know, for America, I guess it's because of our Jude Christian heritage, we went back after wars and helped rebuild mm-hmm. countries and all. That's right. Yeah. Um, because we know that there's value in human life. And so I think that was the lesson of Jonah. I mean, he got saved. God, you know, he got swallowed by a fish and spit up. Mm-hmm. So he was saved. He knew what it meant to be saved and rescued from God. But yeah, he didn't want the same thing for these people. Yeah, because he wasn't it. looking at them as people anymore. They were yeah. some. They were somebody yeah. that needs to be defeated. Yeah. So I summarized that. Like one of my favorite quotes was the uh, the the story of Jonah is about God's greatness and man's pettiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so. The, kind of summarize that whole that whole part of of your message because uh, you you guys know i love jonah 4 what is that 2 where it talks about god's character and basically oh, yeah. jonah jonah flees because of god's character he doesn't that, want them to have phrase, yeah. grace <laughs> to be gracious and merciful and slow steps slow out, slow, anger, slow right. um so how, how i summarized it is i said we far too often we want mercy and compassion for ourselves but want judgment and condemnation for others yeah Mm. and so that just as christians because we receive so much compassion and so much mercy like jonah did 
the response should be that we we carry on that mercy and compassion. But far too often, we want to experience it for ourselves, but we want the condemnation and the justice and the 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 um, judgment for right. other people. Or, and I I think I think about this sometimes, and I think I heard this a lot growing up. You know, later on when you hear the whole thing of pray for your enemies and and be kind to them because it's like heaping hot coals mm-hmm. upon them. And so there's this almost this program of I'm gonna pray for you so I can hurt you, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I, I, pray I, for their destruction. Pray for their destruction in some ways. I'm gonna pray for you so that God would punish you. I'm gonna pray for you and, and I'm gonna be kind to you so that it'll hurt you in some way. And that's that seems to be the opposite of the way we're supposed to go about doing that. Yeah. yeah. Um, something that I and we're getting close to the end of our discussion here, but I, I have to mention this, and I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this as well, um, Jeff. Uh, you brought up a couple of things from the New Testament that we've not really touched on in here, but we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Jesus' own words because Jesus doesn't very, mention very many prophets at all in his in his, in his sermons. He mentions, I think, um, Isaiah and Isaiah. Daniel, um, uh, and and Jonah is one of them. Yeah. And one of the things that he says is that um, one greater than Jonah is in front mm-hmm. of you. And when I think about that, I, th- I you know, I, I go back to, um, I always think of Jesus as the greater of whatever, right? So Jonah is this very successful preacher who goes and delivers a message of repentance, reluctantly, but does so, right? Delivers this message of repentance, and then still wants to see his enemies destroyed, is lacking compassion, is lacking forgiveness, Whereas Jesus Christ delivers a message of repentance. His enemies despise him. They kill him. And yet he doesn't despise them. He is compassionate. He is merciful. Yeah. Even to those yeah. who would crucify him. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 you know, I, I think here we see a better Jonah. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Well, and two, we see what Jonah couldn't do, Jesus can do. And yeah. And have a perfect love for our enemies. And that's why I mentioned in the kids' talk yesterday, we're not always loving and compassionate. And that's why we need Jesus. Absolutely. Because he can, uh, through his atonement, he can cover for our sins and we can become more like him through the cross. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important. I mean, you know, the thing that our... our our memory verse for this month instructs. Mm-hmm. We're we're using that as sort of a guide, right? Yeah. And uh, it's what can Teaching. we right? What can we learn? Uh, where do we get encouragement and support from? What encouragement and support can we get? Um, and comfort in, from from this. And then, and hope. what hope can we get? And for me, the hope is always going to point to Jesus. And here, I, I think that the Jonah story ultimately points us in the direction of Jesus Christ and, and the cross. Yeah, and like Jonah, you know, the whole point God questioned him was for Jonah to look at his heart. And I think when you go to the Jesus mentioning of Jonah, most people use that as a proof text to say, well, yeah, Jonah was swallowed by a fish, as, you know, to prove that Jonah did get swallowed by a fish. And they missed the whole point <laughs> of the whole thing. It wasn't it wasn't a proof text that he got swallowed by a fish, but, but that was just a, a picture of, you know, they're like, give me a sign. It's like, okay, this dude went in the belly of the whale or fish for three days, three nights. That's going to be your sign. Mm-hmm. But then he points it back to, you know, all the people surrounding that, that were cr- uh, clamoring to be with Jesus. And many of them were the sinners and the, the despised, the outcasts, the people that needed healing. And then 
the Gentiles and mixed race people that were in those same regions and areas where he was preaching, that was his audience. Yeah. And he brings it to, to these people had the same hard attitude as Jonah. They want their enemies to be destroyed. You know, these sinners that you're hanging out with and all, they need punishment. They need, they need that, that punishment uh, program. But, but then Jesus says, look, you know, these people repented. And then a greater than Jonah is here, but you still have to repent. And he's talking to them now. Yeah. You know, they need to repent. Yeah. At the same time, these people, they were ready. And then that's when you bring the whole circle back around for when when Paul disperses the Christians because Mm -hmm. of the persecution. They go to Samaria and the Assyrians and the mixed race people (laughs) and all that were living there for for hundreds of years now are now ready to hear the gospel. Yeah, I think that's so. I really like that. So that's that's a good thing about when you tie every when you tie everything in together, you kind of see the big picture. Yeah. And Jonah didn't see the big picture. He didn't know. He didn't know that yeah, Syria later on would come and destroy the northern kingdom. Right. And then the Babylonians in turn would destroy the Assyrians and send them to to be relocated there. Mm-hmm. Then the Persians would come in later to send the Judah tribe back, mm-hmm. which is the bigger exile that we're getting to eventually because the northern kingdom is a parable to Judah. Yeah. The southern kingdom. That's right. And Jonah was a parable to us. Yeah. And so it's for us to examine our heart, our lives. And so we're, now that we're in this, you know, belly of a fish time period, <laughs> and we can't be what, we, what we're comfortable being, God's really challenging us to, to look beyond ourselves and see what the bigger picture of what he's doing. And right. if you think, and I brought up China earlier. I mean, think about it. The first missionary from Yates Baptist uh, church Baptist Association region was a guy named Yates who went to China. Mm-hmm. You know, Lottie Moon, China. Many of these people went to China, and China has a huge underground church. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about it. If China never would have had these missionaries, what would it be like now if China really was our big arch enemy mm-hmm. in a bad sense? Right. It would be very, it would be, it would be kind of like Russia, the way Russia was. Right. So the good thing is that that we do have people on the ground in China that are believers. Mm-hmm. And we do have people from China here that are believers. Right. And so um so the message of the gospel is still being spread. This these ripples from Jonah are still being spread even today. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. It when is. you have to think about it. Well as we wrap up our discussion here this morning on on Jonah um, I, I do want to bring it. Let's 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 finish on on uh, on an application note for those people who would be maybe angry with God or um, angry at unbelievers or angry at some group. Um, what's the one thing that that Jonah kind of can we, we can take from Jonah to say about that? Just just anger. I'll just kind of go around the, the room here. What's the one thing maybe that you that you would pull, Jay? Uh, Jeremiah, that that you would say, okay, this is what Jonah says to those who are angry. Yeah, one question Jeff asked was, um, is it right to be angry with our enemies? And then he he quoted, he didn't actually say the adage, but basically he said, uh, we should hate the sin and not hate the sinner. And talking about our enemies. And he he used different terms. But um, what I was thinking about during that time was, I think it's okay to be angry with sin. 
And I find myself right now, especially during this political climate, being angry with sin. And sometimes that flows into the center, that my anger begins to to be pointed at people when it should never be that way. It, it should be that I hate the sin. I'm frustrated with the, 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 the sin in the world and the evil and and but but we have hope right we have hope in Jesus and so um and, and those people have hope and so i i want that message of compassion that message of love that i want for myself i want for my kids i want for my family i want that for the whole world so yeah so again doing. kind of quick here what what's the sort of in, the the main point that you would that you would pull from Jonah to say somebody who's angry right now like yeah there's a I think the problem's picking one main point. <laughs> but I think one main point I think would uh, kind of like what Jeremiah said, but just uh, use this time as a time of reflection just to see your motives of why are you angry. Uh, are you angry because of somebody doesn't have the same identity as you or anything like that? And uh, Focus on your identity in Christ right now would be my main main thing and make sure that other people have identity in Christ. And don't be too concerned about what their other identities are, but... The fact that they're an enemy of God and you were an enemy of God before and make sure that these people in your circle of influence can become uh, Christ followers as well. Good word. Jeff? Okay, and then I would go along with the uh, uh, switch switch it back to the angry with God because, you know, when bad things happen, you know, when you have a virus or you lose a loved one to COVID or uh, you lose a job or there's there's... There's plenty of room for people to say, man, I'm so upset with God. Why did he allow this to happen? He could have stopped it. We could have had a different end to the story. And I think uh, what the Jonah story teaches us is that it's okay to be angry. All right? Uh, it, it's, it's, it's okay to be angry with God because he knows our hearts anyway. Yeah. And so we might as well be honest with God. And Jonah was pretty much honest i mean he was yelling at god he was he was really angry and the thing jonah twice said okay god just kill me mm-hmm. now if that was god's intent and purpose jo- the story would have ended there right i would have just <laughs> killed jonah and that would have been the end of the story but he didn't and so um a lot of people during this this time of um you know social isolation and and, and not being able to interact with people and all and everything that's going on is causing a lot of people, I think, to be angry with God and angry at God. And I would just encourage them to, to, to stay faithful, to get into the scriptures, um, read some of those Psalms, read them for yourself that these are your words and pray those words back to God and then help God get you through this because then you can, you can step back and see the greater purpose. Because right now we we don't really see the greater purpose of why we we're going through what we're going through right now. But there is going to be a greater purpose. Yeah. yeah, and it hurts when you're going through it, and God understands. And I think it's it's okay to be angry with God as long as you you you're doing it in a way that you want God to speak to your heart and help you to 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 repent too. Because Jonah technically basically had to repent. Yeah. You know, he, he, he had to come back and repent as well. So for me, I, I, I'm just going to close close that. And for me, if I'm, for those who are angry with God or angry with uh, a, a, a group of people or, or what have you, um, I want to go back to something that Jeremiah mentioned before. 
Um, if that's your, if, if, if that's where you're at, ask yourself what God you're angry with. Mm. Ask yourself, um, you know, what, why you're angry and, and what God you're really angry with. Because the God that we're speaking of and the God that we know and love, the God of the Bible, is the same one that Jonah understood was merciful and compassionate, slow to anger, rich in faithful love, mm-hmm. and who relents from sending disaster. And if you're angry with God, it's hard to be angry with a God that's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, wow, great discussion, guys. Uh, next week, tune in. Uh, we'll, we're going to have another one of these each week, and we'll be join, uh, joined together uh, once more as we look at Amos. So uh, we encourage you to go ahead and get your Bible out, read those uh, nine, chapters, nine chapters, nine chapters in Amos. Two books um, left of Jonah. Yeah, right. Uh, a contemporary of Jonah, as we'll find out on Sunday. So hope to see you then. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Monday Main Point. Thanks.